0: Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host Joe Garcia, and today we are going to be joined by an all-star cast. We're going to be joined by RJ Mopkis of Ksat 12. Hey, RJ, how's it going?
1: Uh, it's going great, Joe. I really appreciate you having me on here, and um, you know, I love the stuff that you've done uh, in the past. So yeah, this is going to be fun. I got the I got a good feeling about this one.
0: Yeah, thank you. And also, we're going to be joined by the one and only, the OG, Jeff Garcia of News Four San Antonio. Hey, Jeff, how's it going?
2: Hey, Joe, what's going on? It's been a long time since we spoke, huh? Haven't it? Yeah, we, we, speak <laughs> we just spoke every last week. week. Yeah, every day, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Um, you and RJ it should be a good show. Yeah,
0: it's going to be a good show. You know, it's a to me, it's a treat to be able to bring together uh, two esteemed me. People of the media, you know, members of the media together so we can go ahead and discuss the ongoings of San Antonio Spurs basketball. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump right in and we're going to go ahead and kind of recap the Spurs last three games. Um, and and they've been, I don't know how to say this in a nice way. The Spurs have been consistently and consistent. You know, we <laughs> go back to their Wednesday game that they had uh, against the Warriors And they dropped that one, and they looked pretty bad in that game. They just came out flat. They lost that game by a final score of 121-99. to Then the next night, they have the Dallas Mavericks. And they dropped that one, a close game, which they came from behind. They had their chances up in the fourth quarter. They worried down, I think, at that point by two points. They could have made some headway, but it was just not meant to be. They couldn't capitalize on their opportunities. They dropped that one. 122 to 117. Then they play the Washington Wizards on Sunday. They win that one handedly, 121 to 101. But the Washington Wizards, they hung in there tough for three quarters. They made the game a little bit more interesting than it should have been. And again, this is a team that really doesn't have a winning record. You know, so the Spurs had their defensive issues in not just these three games, but throughout the season. We've seen the inconsistency, and I attribute this a lot to the growing nature of of what's happening right now with the team. Uh, This season going in, I knew it was going to be a season of growth. I didn't care what Coach Pop was trying to sell the media. There's just no way that this team, to me, was going to make a viable run deep into the playoffs. They're going to focus on the youth, as he stated, and with the youth comes the inexperience. And I think that's exactly what's happening this season. So we're going to go ahead and start with you, RJ. What have you seen in the San Antonio Spurs uh, through these last three games, and also uh, since the start of the season?
1: Yeah, I no, I think you hit it right on the right on the head there. I mean, definitely um, very inconsistent. I I think that we've seen flashes of what can be. Um, Just a uh, just a a really good team. You know, they've had they've beaten the Lakers. They've beaten the Clippers on the road. uh, And before that Warriors game, they beat Portland uh, pretty handily up in Portland. Of course, no C.J. McCollum in that one. But, you know, they've they've had these games where you can see the flat out potential and the talent that this team has. And then they have the game like the the first game against Houston, where the Rockets came into San Antonio, they had just traded James Harden, and they were kind of still a mess. And then they had the Warriors game where they fell behind early, the Mavericks game fell behind early. And I was worried about that Wizards game for a while. I was just like, they cannot lose this game. And I I think that that, like you were saying, is sort of the biggest thing is learning how to not only beat bad teams, but also just learning to build consistency throughout the year. And it's going to be um, it's going to be up and down. We've already seen that. Uh, we've seen them, you know, have some really nice wins, and we've seen them have some really kind of questionable losses along the way. And um, I, I just kind of feel like that's sort of what we're going to expect the rest of the way. But. They are exciting to watch. I will say that no game is ever, um, you know, completely in doubt and they're not in fully control of any game as well. So they are a they are a fun team to watch
0: that they are. They're fun to watch when they're playing at a high level and when they're having their issues and they're having their growing pains. That's where it's really tough. And I think Spurs fans are very critical, including myself, because I'm a, a lifelong Spurs fan and we have a tendency to go on Spurs Twitter. And voice our discontent with the team. And that just creates a domino effect where everybody else jumps in. And, you know, the usual suspects are are always to blame. LaMarcus, it's DeJounte Murray's fault. And at the end of the day, it really is no one player's fault. Ultimately, it's the team's fault. You know, you can't blame just one player. Oh, let's play. Let's go ahead and blame DeMar DeRozan because he's not clutch in in big game situations. It's not his fault (laughs) if the Spurs... Had actually done a better job; they could have won closer games. But they make mistakes; they don't hit free throws. Again, defensive lapses. Jeff, it sounds like a broken record. What can you tell us about the last three games and what your observations have been since the start of the season?
2: Well, I think in the setup, Joe, you mentioned about how Popovich, you know, was kind of seeking more than just wins and playoff appearances. But I think he's been pretty honest with the uh, with the media and and talking with us. You know, he understands this is a young team. He understands that titles are not in the near future. He all but said it last season in the bubble when he said, you know, this is a young team we're starting over again. So when he goes out and says, I'm not scouting other teams anymore, you know, because he's focused on his own team. So we know what the situation is in San Antonio. It's a pure rebuild. And I know you mentioned about the last three games, Joe, but I want to go back five games because, sure, maybe in the last three games are one and two, but in the last five games are three and two. So they're a smidge over 500. And, yeah, there are issues in you know, the inconsistency with the team, with individual players, especially the young guys. But why is everybody surprised? I mean, nobody should be surprised that this is a 500 team right now. And I think that's the way it's going to play out the rest of the season. They, they got glowing reviews last season in the bubble because that was a controlled environment. That was no back-to-backs, no travel, uh, no busing, you know, minimal shuttle rides to and from their hotel room. And they played well, well-rested, in a, a protected environment, no COVID procedures as we're seeing now. Uh, you know, yeah, they're going to look gr- good. But now they're getting a real taste, these young guys, a real taste what an NBA season is. Now they got to travel. Now they got to do back-to-backs. Now they're getting the team's uh, best foot forward uh, out on the court. So you put that all together, nobody should be surprised. This team is hovering a little over 500. And now, it's not all doom and gloom in San Antonio. The future does look bright, and I think it's going to continue to get brighter as these young guys get experienced. DeJounte Murray, he's standing out for me. Uh, Lonnie Walker, he still has some room for improvement. Keldon Johnson's taking the next step for his uh, development. You're seeing the veterans step step up and be that stabilizing force for the team. It is an unpredictable season. You're not going to know if you're going to get the world beaters, the world champ beaters, Spurs go on to LA and beat the Lakers, or you're going to get the team that wet the bed versus the Jazz and the Rockets. But that should be expected with a team looking to find its identity right now.
0: Yeah. So looking to find its identity, we're going to start diving in here and talk about some of the fan favorites and some of the youth uh, that have really started making a name for themselves this season. Namely, Keldon Johnson. He's just looked stellar since the start of the season and really making a way a name for himself and really exciting Spurs fans of the possibility of what is this young kid ceiling, you know, and then you have Lonnie Walker, who has had trouble in the past, you know, kind of finding his identity starting to, you know, come into his own a little bit this season, a little bit more and showing that he can show up and, and take the mantle, so to speak, when DeMar DeRozan is not in the game, which kind of, I guess, can hint at if we lose DeMar, we do have Lonnie Walker who can step into that role nicely. And then we have the rookie, Devin Vassell. We didn't really know a lot about Devin Vassell. Um, And you look at what he's been able to do this season, and he's played stellar defense. I mean, his defense has been amazing out there on the court when he has minutes. And not only that, but he has a really high basketball IQ. Really smart out there, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's, uh, I guess, athletic enough, long enough, and quick enough to keep up with some of the better uh, team's guards, you know, or even uh, forwards for that matter. And you just love what he, what this kid has done in his rookie season. While he hasn't produced a ton of points, he does all the little things that are going to get in the good graces of one Coach Popovich. So I'm going to go ahead and start with you, RJ. What have you thought about these young, younger Spurs players in Keldon, Lonnie, and Devin?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I I guess if I had to kind of put grades on each one, um, I first of all I think for Devin right now, to me it's an A A minus. I know that's pretty high up there, but um, imagine where the Spurs would be right now without Devin Vassell. I mean, it's not like they knew that Derek White was going to be essentially missed the first half of the season. I think he has done a great job. I I think the past seven or eight games, he's uh, now had over 20 minutes. So he's obviously gained the trust of the coaching staff uh, has that streak going right now where he has at least one steal per game. So I, and like you said, I mean, he's just a smart player. And I think that's what the staff and I think that's what pop really kind of likes more than anything. You know, I mean, pop will say it all the time, you know, shots are going to go in shots are, you know, not going to go in, but being able to make smart decisions on the court and being able to um, just be a, a heady player, I think goes a long way. And I, I just think of the fact that we, you know, have not seen a rookie play this much. I think probably going back since Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I can't really think of a rookie. I mean, even Derek, Dejounte, Lonnie, all those guys were in Austin for a while, and and Devin's just been great. So I would say an A for A minus for Devin. Uh, Kelvin, I'd s I I give a B plus. I think you know, going with his nickname, the Mustang. <laughs> I think he's a little wild out there sometimes, but I love the aggressiveness. I mean, how do you? Um, You know, how can you deny the aggressiveness and the fact that he's willing to take it into the paint? He's willing to uh, hustle. He's always playing hard. So I just love the fact, I mean, Keldon's game um, has been great. I I think it's interesting now that last season, Keldon played 17 games in total. And it wasn't until like March when they really kind of brought him. And then, of course, in the bubble, um, really kind of brought him along this year, he doesn't get any preseason work. And right away, he's in the starting lineup and making an impact. Um, and I I think with Lonnie, it, it's interesting. I'm, I kind of have sort of mixed reviews right now with Lonnie. I, I would say if I had to grade him, it'd be like a C plus, maybe B minus. Because of what you said earlier, Joe, I think that we have seen the talent and we have seen him step up when DeMar had to go back home um, for those personal issues, we've seen Lonnie play well, but I sometimes think that he gets in his head a little bit and he's sometimes lost in the offense. And I think about that golden State game where DeMar got those three really quick fouls. And afterward, when he went out, the whole offense seemed a little discombobulated. I think Lonnie had two shots in the first half of that game. I need to see more of Lonnie being aggressive when, when he has the opportunity and even just in the regular flow of the offense, because I get the feeling that when Derek comes back, you know, does Lonnie go to the bench? I'm, I'm thinking. And then even then, like where are Vassell's minutes? I don't know if Lonnie is doing enough to maybe keep the minutes, but I, just, again, I love the, the athleticism and anytime you see him just, you could see the talent on the court. And so I just want to see a little bit more out of Lonnie.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. Mind seen a little bit more out of Lonnie either, you know. I I just think that at times he's a little too hesitant, you know. And when you when you have comparisons between one Lonnie Walker and Devin, not Devin, but Keldon Johnson, one of the biggest uh, differences between their games is Keldon is more aggressive, whereas Lonnie is more of a finesse player because he's using his speed and athleticism to get to the to the rim. Whereas Keldon, he's using his his strength, you know, and his mm-hmm. big body to just mow people down and then get the and ones or go to the stripe which I, I love to see and you want to see a little bit more of that in, in the context of the game especially when the Spurs aren't able to knock down any jump shots any you know shots from beyond the arc you have to put up points somehow and that's you sometimes you have to set the tone by being aggressive and putting your head down and getting the stripe two points is two points and if you can get the opposing team's defense and foul trouble all of a sudden, the game starts to open up for you a little bit more. So I think we need more players on this team to play in the style of Keldon Johnson when their shots aren't falling. So I think uh, the the rookies kind of not the rookie, but the young man is kind of setting the tone for that. Uh, Jeff, what can you tell us about the youth and both Keldon, Devin and Lonnie this season?
2: Well, I'll start off with Lonnie since we're talking about him. Uh, you know, I spoke with him uh, preseason, you know, to start of the season, and he's – and RJ's been in those um, conferences with me. He recognizes that he's inconsistent. He said it flat out when he says, yeah, I saw the last few games, you know, I didn't play that well, but look what I did against Minnesota, back-to-back 20-point-plus uh, uh, you know, explosions and, you know, 25 against Minnesota, and then he goes 24 against Oklahoma City. 16 against Houston, then you got less than double-figure scoring for, what, about five straight games, uh, six, five, six straight games, and then against Washington, he yeah, has 16. Uh, we pretty much know it's between the years for Lonnie. Popovich has flat-out said it when he said, we have to remind him that he belongs. And I think that's, in my opinion, I think that's what's inhibiting him to being a consistent player. It, it's good that he's recognizing that he has those inconsistency issues That's good step one, Lonnie. Now you got to take the next step and do what you're aware of. And I hope that 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 will come along sooner than later. The Spurs definitely need it. And I also wonder this too, guys, if Kelton's emergence has impacted Lonnie's emergence or his development, because it was Lonnie for the longest time. Lonnie was going to be the next. Lonnie was going to be him and DeJounte. Oh my God, we can't wait. And then now Kelton's come along. So, Touches are going to Kelden now, not to Lonnie anymore. I think he is better suited coming off that bench, leading the second unit and uh, joining up with uh, Patty Mills. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, if I, I'm following RJ's theme here, if I had to give a gray, I'm not going to be as generous. I, I definitely give it a C minus right now. Uh, oh, man. Jeff's the yeah. Russian judge. Yeah, It's just, you know, he's uh, RJ, help me out here. He's what in his fourth year now? Fourth year? Uh, fourth, fifth? No, for yeah, a third, I, third, Third, I think. No, third.
1: Right, yeah. right. Well, he, he missed that. He missed part he of missed. his first season because he had that microfracture surgery. But um, yeah, I want to say in uh, he was their selection in 2018. Yeah, uh, so, uh, so, yeah I, th- I think you're right.
2: I, I can't use your rookie anymore. I can't use your, your, you got an injury anymore. I mean, now he has some time now. And, you know, and I think that's what we still need to give him is time. Hopefully, with time, he will get a lot better. But yeah, I mean, he. he uh, besides from the Washington game, he didn't go to the free throw line for three games straight. Um, okay. And I know that Joe, you say he's more of an S player. I, I tend to, I think, to differ. I think he is uh, more of an attack player. You see him wanting to attack that rim constantly. But he doesn't. That's my my gripe with him. No, he does. Uh, he he definitely drives to the rim. Um, he he he'll, he'll try to get it on He 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 tends to drive more than he does outside shooting. I mean, he went six for thirteen versus Washington, but then followed before that it was three for nine and one for six versus Golden State. So he, he definitely is attack. I, I think he if he could he cannot. It's either with Lonnie. It's he's attacking and trying to get uh, some hoop and harm. Or he's at the three-point line. I mean, that's really what it is. And I I wish, I mean, I, I know we don't need another mid-range guy, guy, but I mean, I wish he could just start some sort of consistency on the outside shot it would help him tremendously. Now, as for Devin, I mean, I, I, what can you say about the, the kid? I mean, he's the number 11 pick. I mean, he's going to get run. I often wonder if the G League did start as normal, would they have sent him to Austin? And, and I, I, think he, I think they would have. I think they would have, at least for a while. But in a weird way, because the G League didn't start in normal time alongside with the NBA, I think this has helped the Spurs. And coming off that bench, uh, he's been instrumental for the Spurs defensively, offensively, three-point line, smart play. has uh, a knack for the ball. You cannot speak highly, more highly of him than we have on this show, and hopefully he will get better. Uh, and with Devin, though, um, we'll love to see him um, – First of all, put on some muscle because he definitely needs it. But <laughs> I would he also some like... He needs some yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think he will. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And I was yeah. And remember, he's still growing. So, uh, you know, there's only good things ahead for him. So good on the sales so far. And for KJ, we all said it everything, so I'm not going to repeat everything. You know, he's been great. He's been the Mustang. Yay, Kelden. Kelgen. But my, my fear with him, though, is just that He'll run into a wall. He plays at such a high level. And Rudy Gay even mentioned it recently after a game, saying that, yeah, he's playing at a high level, but, you know, you got to remind him this is a marathon, you know, and you just hope he doesn't peter out. And because he's been kind of the uh, spark for the team. I mean, he can do a layup. He can do a dunk. He can do an assist, and he's screaming his head off. Um, there, there's there's a lot of games to play. So for me, I just would like to see Kelvin just pace himself a little bit more. Uh, you become a more reliable shooter. You know we know he can attack the rim. That's great, but you know pace yourself, get it going because the Spurs need him as the season goes on. If if they are seeking uh, the postseason or at least that minimum the play in tournament, so for Keldon definitely a solid day.
0: Yeah, and I'm just going to point out too, Jeff. I'm looking at the stats just for this season for for Lonnie Walker. Lonnie is he's played 17 games. He's averaging 12.5 points a game. Um 1.6 assist, uh 3.3 rebounds, field goal percentage is 41.0% or 41%, and his three-point shooting prowness is at 38.1%. His free throw shooting is at 78.8%. And Keldon, he's two points better than than Lonnie uh for this for this season in the 17 games he's played. He's averaging 14.2 points, 7.3 rebounds, 2.2 assists. Field goal shooting percentage is 46.3. His three-point shooting percentage leaves a little bit to be desired, but it's it's still okay, I guess, at 34.6%. His free throw shooting, 77.8%. So they're both pretty decent when it comes to, hey, if they get fouled, you can pretty much count on them to at least uh, knock down one of the two or both both shots, you know? So I like that aspect of both their games. However, when you look at one Lonnie Walker... One of the things that I see him getting a lot of trouble with out there on, in the context of, of the game itself is not knowing what to do with the ball when he has the opportunities. Uh, coming off picks, coming off screens, uh, switches sometimes, he, he kind of gets a little bit complacent. Uh, even trying to like step into a three, for example, coming off the break, he still hesitates a little bit, and that hesitation cost him a wide-open look. And I don't want him to do that any longer. I want him to be able to have the confidence in himself to just go ahead and take the shot but i don't know if he takes that shot is he gonna get yelled at when he looks over at coach no, pop no. you know i don't know i, 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 don't, think, I don't think Pop
2: don't think will yell at these guys for taking a, a three-point shot or, or a long distance shot i mean he's he's encouraging it um, but lonnie is just um you know i like the kid you know i do i mean i think he has a lot of potential and i guess for me if i take off the media hat and put the fan hat on yeah i'm, I'm getting a little impatient like to see uh, this investment, pay some dividends. If I'm him, I would love to spend time with Chip England in the offseason. Just work with him. And I think mm-hmm. that would do wonders for him uh moving forward.
0: What about you, RJ? What's the verdict on, on Lonnie to you?
1: Uh I I still think obviously, look, I I mean, I how he's probably like 22 right now. So uh, you know, there's still obviously a lot more uh room for growth, a lot more room for development. I, you know, going back to something that that you just said, Joe, I mean, there's been a lot of times when he's been like on a fast break and you could tell he's very indecisive on what he's going to do. You know, do I need to pass this? Do I need to just go straight to the basket? Um, You know, he it's definitely, I think a little bit more, um, of a mental thing with Lonnie. He obviously has all the gifts in the world. I mean, and when he is on, I mean, we've seen these flashes going back to last year's, the the Rockets game. Uh, Of course, the two games that DeMar missed um, where you could just see, I mean, he's got all the skill in the world and, and really it's just kind of putting that together mentally. And, you know, when you were comparing Lonnie and, and KJ stats, I, I was thinking about just, Sort of getting to the line, getting to the free throw line. That that's something that Demar Derozan has down to a T. I mean, he's one of the top uh, players in the league just getting to the free throw line. I think if Lonnie can maybe kind of, kind of incorporate some of that game also. I mean, we're talking about him averaging uh, more than that because Kelden right now at he gets to the line. Lonnie, I don't think he does as much. And again, it's some of the indecisiveness, but. You know, still really young. I, I mean, all these guys are so young. It's, it's really hard to, to you know, have sort of a final verdict on them. I, I look at Dejounte's progress, and Dejounte's now twenty four, I think, but he's been in the system for about five years, and we're seeing Dejounte kind of really become this fully formed uh, point guard now. So maybe a couple more years. Lonnie's there, and like you said earlier, if they don't decide to re-sign Demar, I mean, Lonnie. Gonna have to obviously step up.
0: Yeah, I think he can step in and and take that mantle, you know, and do the best that he can. And in the absence of one, Demar Derozan, if he does in fact decide to walk away from this team, uh, I I think the Spurs have a really tough decision to make. Do you keep him if he wants to stay, or do you finally say, you know what, it's time for us to start letting the the youth have their time to shine? And that next player, you would you would assume at this point to step up would be Lonnie Walker, but he's still got to show you something, you know, especially this season. I think Coach Pop is keeping a close eye on him to see how he's going to develop. And, you know, like Jeff says, you know, I think Spurs fans are starting to get a little impatient, but I got to put you all in the hot seat. No, now.
1: not Spurs fans. Impatient, no <laughs> way.
0: <laughs> I got to put you on the hot seat. I got to ask you a question. and it's, It might be a tough question to answer. What have you thought of the play of one LaMarcus Aldridge. He gets a lot of <laughs> hatred from wow. the San Antonio Spurs fans just about every game. Every time he's out there on the court, they have something to say about him. And it all stems from defense or the lack of his ability to play defense. As a big man, your bread and butter should be, okay, you're going to want to protect the interior. You're going to want to protect the paint. And it just seems like that it's not something that ever developed with him, especially when he just came to his, to San Antonio not really known for his defensive prowess, you know in the low post in the paint he has issues at times with the other opposing team's big men especially mobile big men that can kind of create their own shot and kind of draw him out a little bit and hit perimeter jumpers um they kind of at times just blow right by him you know spin around or you know kind of get him on that first quick step and that's pretty much it they blow by him at this juncture what do you think the spurs should do with one lamarcus Aldridge? Should they in fact let him go and walk for nothing? Or do you think that a, a trade scenario, if it's attractive, um, because teams can get injured, you know, throughout the season, somebody gets desperate. Uh, what do you think the 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 verdict is on one? Lamarcus Aldrich has his time come to an end with San Antonio?
2: Do you want me to go first? Yes, yeah. I'm <laughs> going with RJ. Let's go with RJ. I'll put RJ okay. Okay. Oh
1: wow, okay, yeah. Um, well, I- Okay. So, so first of all, I, I don't know what the trade market would be for him. I mean, anything that the Spurs could possibly get back uh, would be, uh, I think anything is better than nothing, you know, than this letting him walk. Now, I, I think it's, it's been an interesting sort of season for LaMarcus because, you know, obviously the emphasis has been on being a stretch four, being a stretch big, but I agree with what you're saying. I think on the other end, the, the defense, uh, the lack of rebounding—that uh, is really what bothers me more than, than you know, him missing shots. And I think he's going to continue to take them because that's what the coaching staff wants him to do. But you know, I just, you know, when when James Wiseman is getting 20 points and dunk after dunk, I, I mean, I just don't like. Um, I don't like where Lamarcus is right now defensively at all. And also just like you said, protecting the pain. I think Jakob is obviously to me, a better fit defensively uh, for this team right now. Um, so when it comes to his future, I, I think if they do somehow resign him, I it obviously has to be like at a, at a Patty Mills type deal, 10 to 12 million, maybe I know they have a lot of cap space next summer. I don't even know if, if, Fans want want that to happen. I don't, you know, it's just, he's a, um, (laughs) he's a very conflicted. Yes. Yeah. He's definitely an enigma for sure. And I honestly don't think Spurs fans would be too bothered by him walking at at this point. I I think if there's one of the guys when it comes to either DeMar or LaMarcus, uh, you know, at this point, I think LaMarcus is probably the guy that Spurs fans will be like, okay, we've seen enough. Been a, been an interesting run, not a great run. (laughs) Um, so yeah, we'll see you in Portland, I guess, <laughs> next series seems like he wants to go back to Portland.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the consensus here with Spurs Twitter is by Felicia, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go ahead and pitch to you next, Jeff. What do you think about one LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, and his tenure here with the Spurs and, and the disgruntled, uh, Spurs fans, do you think they have reason to be upset and, and
2: want him off this team? No, they they got it. I can see why they're upset. I mean, we we all see it with defensive lapses. uh, I don't. I think if you look at his uh, game logs, he's gone from twenty points one night to four points the next night. Twenty points one night, four points the next night. I mean, it's just been so erratic offensively and defensively. I believe he's only had one game in double figure rebounds so far. I think ten. So, yeah, I, I can see why they're upset. And you look at the league, the the landscape of bigs in the league now. You know. Multifaceted, you know, stretch five, stretch four, and this and that. Uh, the Spurs don't have that, and that's the biggest hole. And happens to be at that five spot for these Spurs. They they ha- they have to go in a different direction. They really do. And LMA, he's he's a relic. You know, he committed to this three point shooting, and we've seen it. I mean, he's he's taking them. He's not shy about it. But you know, sometimes they fall. Sometimes they don't. And when they fall, it's good. And when they don't, then they, they pile on him. And the Spurs fan base get on him and say, oh, what happened to you, LMA? You know, you're know, you going to take these threes and you're not falling. The Spurs really need to address that. And Jakob, is, as as good as he is defensively, he's a liability on offense. And, uh, you know, were, we were laughing when he hit an outside shot. I mean, that's how ba- you know, poor it is on the, def- the offensive end. And with them two, it's night and day. With LMA, at least you're going to get an offense and some defense. Jacob, you're going to get a lot of defense, but minimal offense. And we can see what the issue is for San Antonio. It's definitely the five spot and addressing that. And I think they need to do that in the offseason. I would hope they don't resign them. I think they can go in a different direction, whether it be the draft, whether it be free agency. They're going to have a lot of money next year, next offseason, excuse me. So maybe they can turn that and maybe they can flip some of these guys and bring in a quality big that can do a little bit of everything on both ends of the court. I think that is the direction they need to go, and it's if you really want an idea of what outsiders think of the Spurs and LMA, well, I'll tell you right now. So um, I'm going to let everybody know, Joe. I, I was late to this show um, before the RJ and the Joe had to wait for me. Well, the reason why I was late because I had to do had some duties with the Locked On Network, and I had to do some stuff with Locked On Celtics. So I asked the Locked On Celtics, I was so you know." How would you attack the Spurs? And I'm thinking, you know, Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. You're going to go with those inexperienced uh, young guys, aren't you? The host tells me, no, I'm exploiting LaMarcus Aldridge every time I can in, a, in pick and rolls, Athlet- mm-hmm. my athletic legs like like Tice. That should tell you an idea of what the perception is when it comes to teams trying to get a W on San Antonio is to exploit LaMarcus Aldridge. The Spurs definitely have to go in a different direction. Um, I. Keep Pirtle great. He's, but they need to find a better break, and I think Alan is just not going to cut it.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. A name, a, a name that I would watch. Uh, you know, during the offseason, assuming that the Spurs do go in a completely different direction, would be a guy like John Collins from Atlanta. You know, I think he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and he's obviously going to uh, probably command a pretty significant salary. But uh, for the money that the Spurs are. Paying Lamarcus, it's obviously not not working out at all. So yeah, it's going to be a, I I don't think again Spurs fans are going to be too uh, too upset about
2: that. One. Not at all. that. <laughs> I think they have a way above five hundred record with LMA on the court.
1: That's true. That is true. And when he's hitting his and when he's hitting his shots and those mid range shots, it does open things up. So, again, uh, I think, Joe, you said it perfectly. He's uh, he's definitely uh, an enigma (laughs) and the guys like him. You know, the younger guys definitely do do like him and respect him. So um, it'll be a very interesting decision. uh, This whether he gets moved before the deadline. I don't think so, as long as they're in contention, but uh, definitely over the summer to see what happens.
0: Yeah. So we all we're our focus right now was Lamarcus Aldridge and his lack of defense. Now we're gonna go ahead and broaden the spectrum a little bit and and get real here. We're gonna talk about the San Antonio Spurs and their biggest obstacle um uh, this season has been their inconsistency on the defensive end. You right. know, we've kind of noticed that, even like going back to preseason play. You've kind of noticed their, their faux pas, their little inconsistencies that they had on the defensive end. And that's transpired, unfortunately for us, into the regular season. Again, I kind of touched on that and said, oh, it's because of the youth and experience of the youth. But we also have veterans mixed in with the youth at times. So I understand that, yes, it 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 could be a learning curve here for our younger players. And they have to really get some games under their belt and get that experience built up to know exactly what to do in the context of playing inside Uh, an NBA game against some of the better teams out there in the West and in the East. And not only that, but matchup wise, sometimes the matchups aren't conducive to us getting that W, you know, whether it be a guard matchup forward position, or even at the center, you know, or, you know, as we've seen with, with Jakob and with LaMarcus, you know, they kind of get exploited at times as, as, as you were saying, Jeff.
2: Yeah. And 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 if I could, well, real quick, and I know you got to transition, Joe, so I'm I'm not going to eat up too much of your time here, but, Look, the veterans have really steadied the ship this season. I think they definitely have a lot more L's than the W's right now. If it wasn't for the veterans, you're Patty Mills, you're Rudy Gay, your are Marcus Aldridge. And, you know, just throwing some numbers out there, you, you look at when LMA gets 31 or more minutes, the Spurs are three and one. Uh, when he scores 12 or more points, they're seven and two. Uh, you know, so he has value there, but it's just what Lamarcus Aldridge you're going to get. And, yeah talked about Lonnie being inconsistent, why don't we talk about LMA being inconsistent?
0: Yeah, that he has been, but so has the Spurs. The Spurs have been inconsistent on the defensive end. Uh, Jeff, do you think the trend is going to continue, and how
2: can they correct their defensive issues as a whole? Uh, yeah, I think Derek White will help when he does come back, uh, but it, you know, he alone is not going to be the answer. Uh, it just needs to be more collective, more you know, you lo- you look at them went at max power at full capacity with Derek White on there. It, it's going to help. You know, he takes the charges. You know, he'll check the opposing team's uh, best perimeter player, Trey Youngs, your Luka Doncic's. Uh, but that's great for the perimeter. But what about the interior? And I think that is something that you need to address. You know, LMA kind of does it sometimes. You know, more often than not, no, nor not often than, not, than than for sure. But Jakob helps. You know what happened to Trey Lyles. You know he he can be a defensive liability as well. You know what happened to the Trey Lyles we saw last season. You know the ones taking rebounds left to right, double figure rebounds almost every game. A you minute know, you knock it down the threes, you know, the mid range shots. That was the type of big the Spurs needed. And so far we haven't even seen Trey Lyles on the court. Uh, but I, I think they they have to go back to the, the 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 drawing board when it comes to defense. Maybe figure out some rotations. You, you, you know. You know, they come out of the gate slow. We all know that. First quarters have been horrible for the Spurs. I'm not a rocket scientist, but maybe it's because something's wrong with that starting lineup. You know, Maybe there's something wrong there. Um, and you see it on defense and offense. And it's it not just simply defense. And now it's gotten better. You know, Last season it was atrocious. Uh, this season it's gotten better, def- the defensive side of it, but it hasn't been corrected. And I still think they need to focus on that as the season moves on and definitely in the offseason.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna pitch it to you now, RJ. I'm gonna hit you with some reality here. When oh, the
2: Spurs oh,
0: were when <laughs> the Spurs were playing with the Golden State against the Golden State Warriors, Coach Pop ran something out there defensively called the box and one to try to go ahead oh, and yeah. stop Stephen Curry. It did not work, and I wasn't a fan of that. I still see the box and one being run from time to time. Who are they picking rolling to death in that? It's horrible. I I cannot stand it. You know, and and one of the other things that I I noticed that the Spurs have issues with is either they go zone or they go man. And they still, at times, they just can't stop the opposing team. Uh, They're shooting beyond the arc. They shoot lights out against the San Antonio uh, Spurs because they get caught ball watching at times. They get caught in that zone defense. And unfortunately, because of the inexperience of the youth at times, they mm-hmm. don't know what to do when they get the switch. They lose their man. And, and, and at that point, it's all but over. You can see it, it just takes one player out of position. And then the whole place just the whole defense just crumbles because all it takes is that they suck them in. They go they go hard to the rim. Somebody's just camped out beyond the arc. And we've seen it happen numerous times. They just dish the ball out and it's a three, you know, and that's it. You know, and it, it starts with one particular person. Usually it comes on the switch and they don't know what to do or there's somebody out of position. How can those things get corrected, RJ? Ooh,
1: yeah, it's it's a lot of things there, right, that <laughs> that you have to look at. Um, look, I, I think obviously. You know when Derek White gets back, I, I think that'll absolutely shore up the uh, the perimeter defense. I, if anything, I I think Derek is he's again just a, a smart player. He knows how to read defenses, and I think that's something that is, um, or it knows how to read offenses. I think that's something that's sort of an underrated quality among that the best defenders in the league is that they they've studied it enough and they know how to just technically read what an offense is doing, how to take away what an offense is doing. So I'm hoping that Derek can, can definitely be the the guy that kind of gets them back on track a little bit there. Um, the inexperience, of course, that, you know, sometimes a lack of communication um, on those pick and rolls on those screens. Uh, you know, we saw golden state basically put on a, a clinic um, against the Spurs defensively. And, you know, sometimes they, they just don't have, um, you know, their roster is not made up of, of, quality defenders. I mean, I, I love what DeMar gives him on offense, but, you know, he's been a liability on defense for some time now. Um, and as we were saying earlier, when Jakob's in, their defense is good. When Devin's in, they're good. But again, these are, Jakob is challenged on the offensive end and Dev's still learning. Uh, so I, I think that they don't seem to sort of have that that balance right now that I think you need in order to be efficient on both ends of the court. And I think that's going to be kind of the biggest thing that hopefully they can get from Derek. White. I don't want to put it all on Derek white, obviously, but I, I think that is a big piece that that's missing right now uh, for San Antonio. So we'll see. It's obviously something that they're, you know, they're, they're going to have to work on, especially if they get into these games late in the season that are really kind of winner go home type games just to get in the postseason
0: yeah unfortunately right now i would not put my faith in the san antonio spurs if they're going up against a better uh team than them you know especially somebody who is a little bit more really prolific that, from the army you,
2: you don't you still don't know what type what team you're going to get game in game out exactly. you, you, still, you know i i if, if the spurs let's just pretend that spurs are going to play the lakers right now and somebody asks you they're going to win I probably like, think, yeah, I think they probably could, you know, I mean, they, they, they get up for the big games. We, we saw what happened versus Houston. We saw what happened versus Washington. We, 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 we saw what happened uh, against other lesser teams, depleted teams. I mean, the, the Portland, you know, they got the win. Yes. But I mean, it took a while for them to put their foot on their neck and break them. So you, 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 you just don't know what team you're going to get. And I think, That question will be answered as the season progresses. Uh, We just have have a large enough sample size now to kind of get an idea of what this team is. But there's still a lot of games to be played. We still haven't seen a fully powered Spurs team yet with Derek White on the court. So um, I think once Derek White comes back, and then you start from that point moving forward, wait for a little sample size to develop, and then we'll see what this team is going to be like. And as much as Derek is going to address the perimeter defense, there's still that interior that they got to worry about. As I mentioned, you mentioned Curry. They were picking the row to death, Jakob and, and, and LaMarcus, and they, they, Spurs didn't have an answer for that. And that's why Curry had that great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some times where I just think, you know, maybe throwing Devin out there might help in that starting unit. I mean, it would have show up the defense. It wouldn't
1: hurt. It wouldn't yeah, hurt. I, well, that makes sense because, I, I, you know, you assume that when Derek comes back, which I, I think I was – looking at the timeline, probably like an early to mid-February. I, I think if they're telling us it was a four- to six-week injury. Um, yeah, I-, I thought about that too. Why not just start Devin uh, and start off better, you know, defensively? Because the first quarters have just been awful for the Spurs. I mean, we've seen that. that I, the other day, I cool. thought Luka Doncic was going to go for like 60. <laughs> he had 90 <laughs> points in the first half, and I was like, okay, this guy's going to have one of those games that you're going to see like on – Sports center later tonight. But um, yeah, I mean, if Lonnie's going to come off the bench either way, then why not maybe uh, take a chance and, and start Devin and just see how that goes for that starting lineup?
2: You, yeah. you know, just a, a little bit of an impact of what we're seeing Devin so far. I mean, we like it. We see what he's done on both ends of the score, but we get down to the nitty gritty. Um, the Spurs are 6 and 0 when he has four or more rebounds, the Spurs are 5 and 0 when he has at least four defensive rebounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. When he has one or more blocks, the Spurs are five and one. He provides a, a, a defensive punch on both ends of the half court, whether it be perimeter and interior. Uh, there's something there with him. Now, is Pop willing to go that route, especially with a rookie? Maybe this year, because this year is different and he is a number 11 pick. You know, he should be able to contribute. You know, He is a lottery pick for the most part. But, I think with time, and he develops more uh, trust with Popovich. That may still come down the road. But the Spurs, if you look at every category that Devin uh, makes an impact in, the, the, the Spurs are well above 500. Even when he just scores that minimum six or more points, the Spurs yeah. are 62. I mean, he's, he makes such an impact that I agree with your RJ. Why not throw him out there? See what happens. What do you got to lose other than developing him and making him a better player?
0: Yeah, I think he's going to be one of the Spurs better defenders uh, when it's all said and done. You know, we could be seeing a Bruce Bowen in the making here. You know, somebody who's just going to go out there and lock down their defender. Uh, I see that a, a lot in uh, Devin Vassell. So I hope he he develops into takes- that type of player.
2: He has 11 games straight with uh, no turnovers. And oh. I get it. Spurs fans get at me like, well, he's not the primary ball hander. Well, he gets the ball in his hand eventually you know, and he does dribble and he does have a back to the basket game and he does put the ball on the court. So there's a possibility he can't turn the ball over. Uh, You you know, he makes his three point shots. Uh, He plays the passing lanes well. Uh, This kid has a lot of upside. Lonnie Walker spoke about it too after, RJ, I think you were on that call with me where I asked uh, Lonnie about uh, Devin and Lonnie was just like, man, you know, this kid is the goods, man. I mean, he, he really is. And that the Spurs, it would behoove the Spurs as the season goes on, just to toy. There. They're willing to toy with the box in one. Why not just play with something that could work <laughs> give it, give it Yeah,
0: that needs to go back to the drawing board. Don't run that box in one anymore. That's just you're just going <laughs> to get trashed. Bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, they look confused a little bit. There were a few times on switches where uh, I don't think they knew what was <laughs> what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Lonnie was chasing stuff around the court. It was, it was very interesting, but at that point I think they were down by like 20 and they were wow. just looking for any answer, <laughs> not, uh, not the greatest game. Against, uh, Golden and, State.
2: Yeah. And, and I just think if this is, again, I go back to this and this is where I, you know, pull my hair out sometimes with the fan base is you guys wanted the young guys to run. Well, here it is. There it is. You know, Look at but the starting line. Them
0: to win, Jeff. That's what they want. They want the young guys out there, but they want them to instantly have the team winning in championship contention
2: yeah. again.
1: That takes time. Yeah, I mean, want to go honking down Commerce. Okay, that's <laughs> what we <we're gonna
2: laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You know, like, uh, well, maybe it's because you know I'm I'm old enough to remember going to the Spurs games in the Hemisphere Arena. I'm old enough to remember. When the uh, upper level was non-existent in the hemisphere arena, and I remember those dark days, and I remember the glory days, and I see the rebuild now. You weren't living unless you were up there in the cheap seats in the obstructed view with the pigeons. I still, I still remember sitting behind the uh, color. I still remember doing that, man. And and people don't remember, but because of those obstructed views, they used to have small, very small TV monitors underneath the overhang. Yeah. And we can watch the game a little bit, but uh, but uh, but I I'm sorry I'm getting off track here. But in, 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 anyway, um, you got to have patience. The Spurs fans got to have patience. This is not going to happen overnight. Now, is there a possibility they're going to go on a four game winning streak? Of course there is. Is there a possibility they could go on a five game losing streak? Yeah, that's a reality this year. But I guarantee you, this Joe and RJ, you fast forward seasons from now, I bet you those teams fans that are complaining are going to look back at this season and say. Whew, thank God we had that developmental season. Look at these guys now.
0: I don't know about that. I, I think they're still going to have something to complain about. They always do, Jeff. It's spurs yeah. Twitter, man. Come on now.
1: Yeah, I, I try not to get mixed up in that stuff. <laughs> I just throw <laughs> it into to the Wolves. So you know, here, yeah, did yeah, didn't you get in a LaMarcus Aldridge uh, debate recently? I don't know oh, if <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> go across the timeline or not. Yes, I thought you did. I thought you said you wanted LaMarcus to go more inside. And, uh, yeah, you were making the case for maybe – maybe not. Okay, I may have been thinking yeah,
2: this. Yeah, that wasn't me, but oh. I, I, I did I did well, mention didn't it. it said,
0: Marcus abandoning the three-point shot. I, I did
2: mention a Lockdown Spurs. Yeah, I think – okay, RJ, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's because uh, people heard the lockdown of Spurs, and that was, that was like when LMA was having really bad issues from shooting from three. And I, I know against uh, Portland, he started <laughs> knocking him down. But if you just look at the numbers leading up to that, uh three, when he's taking three point shots and he's not, and you know, playing more inside, he was much more effective just being LMA, just being what he is, that mid-range, back to the basket guy. And the that's where you saw the Spurs have success. So on the locked on Spurs, I was like, well, maybe you should abandon it. You know, maybe he should just hey, it was a nice try. We tried it, but let's go back to your bread and butter, what works. So yeah, RJ, I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah. 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 That's, that's why Spurs, yeah. no, no, no. You're 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 telling him to abandon it. No way. But You would think there has to come to a point where it's not working and it's costing the possessions. It's costing uh, times for the other opposing team to have the ball and go and hit a three point shot on the Spurs. It was just an idea. Spurs fans heard it. And well, R.J. saw what
0: happened. Yeah, they came after Jeff, but it happens, you know. Um, But I want to get back to one thing here. I'm going to ask you both about this because. We were have we were supposed to have a game against the the New Orleans Pelicans and it just didn't happen last minute. You know, cancellation, um, and they didn't really mention it specifically like it was so and so who had uh, let's say maybe a contact with somebody who had COVID or you know per the NBA protocols. Whatever happened at the end of the day, the game was canceled. And now I see that that Jeff, you were having a discussion with one of your buddies who does the locked on Celtics. And mm-hmm. they were kind of saying that even the coach from the Celtics was a a little yeah. disgruntled, like, you know, hey, I don't know if I want to go over there because of, you know, the close proximity to somebody uh, with, you know, keeping yeah, in contact yeah. with, with COVID-19.
2: Yeah, so tell yeah, us can't a blame little talk about that. Yeah. yeah, you can't blame them because the Celtics are just coming off a week-long uh, stoppage because they had their issues. The, with the virus. So, you know, no, I mean, obviously that's just, you know, I think just as a human being, you don't want to go where there's fire. You want to avoid the fire. The Spurs seemingly thought they were out the fire, but luckily they didn't. But the good news is, though, is that when the uh, game was postponed, the Spurs went back to San Antonio almost immediately. Uh, that's good because if there needed to be any quarantine situation, that would have happened in New Orleans. Look what happened to Eubanks and Hammond. They stayed in L.A., quarantine so we know something was there this situation they allowed the entire team to go back to san antonio so yay that sounds like nobody is sick and i think there was a report that it wasn't um an individual player it was just a non-staff slash player that had it was close contact with both teams the nba is going to do this i mean they're going to take their uh they're taking this thing seriously and uh, good for them. You know, I think postponing games, as much as it sucks and you don't get to see silver and black do their thing on the court, well, you know, it's better that everybody stays healthy uh, than not. And especially when you have a, a 70-plus-year-old coach on the sideline, Popovich, who's taking it seriously. He's wearing his mask constantly. Uh, RJ, you hear him You know before we get going. He asked the PR people, do I leave it on? Do I take it off? Is it okay? So he's very conscious of it. So uh, good on the NBA and the Spurs to doing the prudent thing. Now, Spurs fans should not be surprised if it happens again. It's going to happen again. And you just got to roll with it. And I think that's what the NBA is doing there. I don't think there's going to be another bubble. I don't think there's going to be some long delay, uh, you know, as they get these things sorted out. The NBA is going to plow through us and they're not going to stop. Uh, but they got to stop this whole all-star game business. I mean, no, just 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 let it go just let the guys rest take that time for these guys to be quarantine procedures and taking tests versus putting them back in harm's way.
0: Yeah. So coming to you, RJ, the only other time that I can remember in in recent memory where a Spurs game was canceled during the regular season was the game that they had when they were going to play in Mexico and they couldn't play that game because the arena caught fire. You know, there was some type of fire there and the whole arena was covered in smoke and they had to go ahead and postpone or, or cancel that game for that particular day. I believe it was replayed at a later date. I don't know if it was ever played in Mexico, but I think it might have been played here and, in the States. But that's the only other time I can remember when a Spurs game was uh, canceled or postponed. And here we are again, you know, with the with the pandemic. And then, of course, we get word right as Tip is coming, you know, around that, oh, the game has been canceled. I mean, what were your thoughts
1: well, yeah, that's the part that really kind of surprised me through uh, through what transpired yesterday is that I, you know, I, I know that Jeff was probably also ready to to hear uh, Coach Pop, you know, he gives a media availability an hour and a half before a game before when they're on the road and the home coach does it an hour and 45 minutes before a game. So I I don't know if I was logging into Stan Van Gundy's, but I know I was getting ready for Pops and um And next thing you know, this news came down with around that same time, around 6.15, 6.30. So um, it was weird. It was one of those things where, you know, you knew it was inevitable. But at the same time, the description that the league gave out was just so strange because earlier in the day, the Spurs injury report, as it was today uh, for tomorrow's game against Boston, just had Derek White as the only person who's out for the game. And then the description from the league is that, neither team had the eight players um, available to proceed with the game. So you're already thinking like, "Oh, okay, this is just the worst thing possible. <laughs> and um, and I'm glad that they just kind of took that that extra precaution because what we saw with Washington, what we're seeing with Memphis now is probably the worst case scenario where a team has to be out for more than a week. They miss out on, uh, I you know, I think Washington missed like six games. I mean, how are they going to make those games up? I know that The second half of the season, the schedule has not uh, been released. But at the same point, you know, they are under this time frame where they want to do the playoffs in April. They want to get them, you know, May, June, July, kind of get back to that normal calendar. So I don't see any way how Washington makes up six games. So if they're overly cautious with any sort of situation that arises, even if it's an hour and a half before tip-off, I'd rather take the one-game postponement as opposed to – the situation with the Wizards or what, you know, Memphis is going through right now. And as Jeff mentioned, Boston, where where you have to miss multiple games and then you really kind of get into a situation where, um, you know, you're kind of behind the eight ball and trying to figure out when to replay these games.
2: Yeah, I, I was right. RJ. We're trying to log into the, the pop session and, you know, the um, the message, you know, we're waiting for the Spurs PR to let you in kept on spinning and spinning and spinning. And I said, okay, something's up. And at this time, I, don't, I didn't know. And then that's when I saw it. I said, oh, okay, that explains it. What got me kind of, you know, my red flags up was how close it was to game time. I mean, it almost felt like when the pandemic hit the NBA last season, when it, the team was warming up and you saw somebody rush out on the court in Utah and say, stop the presses. You know, this happened. That's the kind of vibe that I felt like, okay, this is bad. You know, something happened for them to get an hour and a half-ish to mm-hmm. games and then, boom, call it off. But they did the prudent thing, and I think that was the, the right thing to do. But, you know, uh, uh, the, the NBA knew this was going to happen. They uh, they planned for it. There's a reason why we have a first-half schedule. There's a reason why there's a long break in the middle. There's a reason why we're getting these emails uh, about games being canceled left and right because they're going to be uh, made up later down the road. I agree with RJ. How are they going to do that? That that I'm waiting. That I'm curious to see. Like, how are they going to give Washington back the X amount of games that they missed, or Boston the X amount of games they missed? How are they going to factor that? That's going to be intriguing. How are we going to know when the Spurs and Pelicans play again? How's that going to play out? It's, it's definitely interesting to see uh, uh, the NBA handle this. But the NBA could not have been you know so naive to think that the players are going to stay indoors. Look at what's going on with Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, yeah. the guy could, it just vanished on the team. They have the ability to do Look at George Hill, who blatantly challenged the, the new COVID rules and saying, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm a grown man, and nobody's going to tell me what not to do. They got to deal with this now. They're not in the bubble. Now this comes with the territory. So uh, nobody should be surprised I if got it have over there. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> go ahead. I said they don't have
0: no, st- no no snitches over there like they did in the bubble. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Anyone <laughs> did. Anyone <laughs> There were reports of players sneaking in people, you know, breaking the boundaries for food, you know, going for some wings, you know, Lou Williams. Yeah, uh, yeah. You got to have your
0: wings here and there, man.
2: Yeah, well, especially the, the, the establishment he picked to get those wings. <laughs> Sometimes it's really, really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they, but so there you have the bubble and you still had infractions. Now you have no bubble and teams are kind of left to self monitor And you're seeing examples of players kind of fighting back on that. You mentioned George Hill, Mm -hmm. Irving, James Harden. Uh, Fortunately for the Spurs, at least it hasn't been reported that there's been any infractions of any rules. But the the, the Spurs seem to be, uh, at least in the Zoom sessions, RJ, uh, you know, like oh, you know, I think it was Trey Jones uh, early in the season. He said, "No, we're not allowed to get Ubers." Um, Ilani saying, "Like, no, we're just told to go back to our apartments or our homes and just stay put." Pop took it out on the media saying that he couldn't take it being sequestered in the room on the road. So it happens, but that's part of it.
0: Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and transgress and get into our last segment here. And this is actually something that I saw in KSAT and I had been seeing it for a while. Uh, you all had promoted. And it was the KSAT explains uh, RJ. And it was mm-hmm. a future of sports in San Antonio from NFL to the Spurs. And I thought there was really uh, a really well done uh, segment that you all did because it really kind of ran the gamut of a lot of different scenarios why we haven't had another sports a professional sports franchise here uh the last i guess semi-pro uh franchise we had was the short-lived san antonio commanders you know in the lines of american football which didn't even finish out the whole season and it just seems like san antonio was always the stepchild you know we always get close we get semi-pro teams even we had triple a uh baseball here and now we've been delegated to just uh, i think it's a double a uh, yeah they' up hard. now, so it's like, okay, what what is going on? You know we at some point in time, me as a fan, you get tired of this. you know, we've been here long enough where you hear a d- bunch of different scenarios, and we do have money here, but I think that the biggest uh, issue is we don't have enough of it. We don't have enough corporate sponsors here while the corporate sponsors are backing the San Antonio Spurs, and I'm sure that the San Antonio Spurs organization would welcome another professional sports franchise in the city. Uh, I don't think it's like a lot of Spurs fans are like to, or even like other fans should like to like, I guess it's like a, a little thing that they have behind the scenes here where it's like conspiracy theories. Oh, the Spurs are the guys kind of blocking everything from happening. No, I don't think that's it at all. I think it has more to do with maybe some of the infrastructure aging a little bit. We need to have more of a, a, a better public transportation system in place other than just via we don't have light rail like a lot of the other big metropolitan cities have for once it's easier to to get around and you know mm-hmm. try to go around 1604 you know and get to other parts of the city if you had a light rail system uh and some you know i don't guess like little segues here where you could go ahead and stop off and jump off from downtown and then get to fiesta texas get to sea world and then come back if you're a tourist and come to the heart of San Antonio and quickly go to your, your hotel room or get something to eat, makes mm-hmm. travel easier. We do have a lot of good things going for us. Unfortunately, I just don't know what that magic mix would be to, to kind of get a professional sports franchise here. It's kind of the enigma that that really bothers all of us here in San Antonio, why we haven't gotten another professional sports franchise here. And we heard from everybody in your segment, even including uh, Ron Nirenberg. you know, I've I know we've even had our biggest supporter here to uh, be very vocal about that in one Red McCombs, you know, and like our good friend Chris do always says, when you call on Red, the deal gets done. You know, <laughs> he's always saying that on his radio show. But, you know, at the end of the day, what do you think, you know, has been the biggest obstacle here for us not getting a, a professional sports franchise?
1: Yeah. So, um, so this was a, uh, this was an interesting episode. Obviously I have a, uh, much more vested interest in this one. Um, as opposed to, you know, we, we've done some other, you know, we kind of do weekly topics. So this one, um, this one definitely was something that I was interested in kind of getting more information on and, uh, you know, digging into, um, you know, in speaking, I've, I've talked with Mayor Nuremberg before and for this episode, I, I interviewed him. And I think that he kind of broke it down pretty in simplistic terms. You know, he said that right now, um, you know, corporations don't necessarily move to San Antonio because they don't feel that San Antonio has the workforce and sort of the skill set to fill the need of, you know, what these corporations, you know, either tech, which we see there are a lot of tech Firms, companies are moving to Austin. Um, you know, we so that that's really kind of figuring out that end of things, and the other part of this episode was also just kind of taking a look at where the Spurs are right now and, you know, whether maybe they decide that they want to move out of the AT&T center uh, when that lease is up, I think that lease is up in 2024, 2025. And again, it's not, the Spurs do not own that building. It's the the county that owns the building and they kind of have this, uh, they have a pretty good agreement with the county on sort of the, the revenue that they're getting from the AT&T center. But In recent years, they've kind of done some interesting things, you know, getting rid of the rampage. They got rid of the stars. And it seems like they've been kind of reaching out a little bit more to uh, people on the north side, maybe that Austin market. So I don't know if, you know, in a few years they really kind of think about, you know, the development on the east side has not gone as planned when the building was initially, uh, you know, planned to be there. And so maybe they think about moving a little bit further north, um, you know, and trying to reach more of the Austin, maybe that whole I-35 corridor crowd. So I I think that San Antonio is going to continue to grow. We're obviously, I think we're the seventh largest city in population in the country. And uh, I think that as we continue to get a more skillful, skillful workforce. I think that, you know, there'll be more opportunities down the road, but I still think that we're going to be a good uh, few years away from a lot of these changes. And of course the NFL is kind of the, the one that that has just not been able (laughs) to happen for us. So hopefully I think that maybe in the future, the mayor says about 10 years or so, he thinks that the NFL would really consider moving here. Um, So we'll have to see about that, but uh, it's definitely a hot button issue. And, and we will support these teams. Absolutely. The commanders. I mean, you saw that they had some great support in the Alamo dome. And as you said, they were, uh, they're not an NFL team. So, I I mean, I think that there's definitely an interest here for more professional sports uh, besides the Spurs, but the Spurs, they do kind of dominate the market. And I I think that's something that they also, uh, they also enjoy having.
0: Yeah. So, Jeff, why do you think San Antonio hasn't had another sports team, a professional sports team here in our great city? Uh, do, what are we doing wrong, in your opinion?
2: I don't think we're doing anything wrong. Uh, the The fans definitely come out, as R.J. Uh, highlighted, whether it have been the commanders, whether it have been the gunslingers, whether it being been the talons. Uh, they come out. It's just lack, lack of um, money. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, look at the Spurs. We... we they're playing on the east side of town. You can't tell me right now they'll love to relocate back to downtown, but that's going to take money. And uh, finding backers, asking the the, the city and, and the citizens of San Antonio to pay again out of pocket—you know, some sort of tax, hotel tax, all that good stuff. Um, you know, do it one more time. It's going to be interesting. Now, look, you have two. You have the Cowboys. You have the Texans. Mavericks and everything. You look, look at the valuations that I, I think it was Sportico recently released about the NBA, just the NBA uh, franchises. The Spurs five titles more than the Dallas Mavericks, more than the Rockets. Yet they're, they rank below them in, in value. More so, than the Knicks? Well, the, the <laughs> <laughs> just being in New York alone. I mean, will make you a team. I mean, just the market. Yeah. It just comes down to market. San Antonio is a landlocked city. It's it's far it's it's closest to the to the coast, but not really. It's stuck in the middle, and uh, it's, it's not a, it's not considered a metropolitan area. But I tell you this much: if I'm if I'm San Antonio, I just keep keep an eye on Austin. Austin is is booming. Austin is coming bigger. I mean, look what happened with the MLS and that debacle. I mean, yeah, they chose Austin. I mean, San Antonio was right there. They're going to get the franchise. It's going to be the second professional. Team at the, at the time. I, I think, RJ, I think the Stars had left already
1: uh, to Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Right. 2017. Yeah. Is when the, the Stars left. So,
2: but yet the MLS, you know, whatever happened, um, chose Austin. Mm-hmm. That should be, you know, I would not be surprised that moving forward, you'll see Spurs games be played in Austin. Not Austin Spurs game, but San Antonio Spurs games played in Austin. And I think that will put a lot of fear in a lot of Spurs fans. Uh, why? Because Even when the Spurs were winning titles left and right and deep playoff runs, they were still running in the red. Uh, It's a situation where you have fan support, but it's a small market. It's landlocked, dominated by hospitality, not uh, financial and and industry uh, corporations. You put that all together and I can see why uh, professional teams shy away. Um, look what happened a few years ago, uh, with the hurricane hitting the Saints and then the Louisiana, and the it was packed. Uh-huh. I think the, 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 the NFL re- realizes there is a fan base there and it's thirsty to have an NFL team. Oh, yeah, But it's you can have all the fan support you want, but it comes down to dollars and cents. And right now, it doesn't make sense because of the lack of possible dollars to fund a team like an NFL team. Or anything like that, but yeah, I mean, just looking from the outside in, if you just remove your San Antonio glasses, just look at the city, and then look what's up I 35 in Austin, you'd be it it would not come to surprise if there's like a shared team, you know. Look what they do with, um, I think it was yeah, New York. Um, the the Giants don't play in New York, they play in New Jersey, but they're Mm -hmm. called the New York Giants. Uh, I would not be surprised something like that happens down the road for San Antonio and Austin, it's kind of a shared team. Like this, I'm making this up. The, this is the new M- MLS team, the, the the San Antonio, you know, Dragons, yeah. and they're playing in they're playing like in San Marcos or something like that. Or you yeah, have to
0: give it a better name. It's San Antonio Chupacabras or something like that.
2: Okay, fine, whatever. But uh, uh I, I just I will. I think San Antonio can do it. It's just a matter of. If the, the, you got to have faith. You got to have interest. You, you from from backers. Uh, I mean, look how close time after time back in the day, guys, when the Spurs were likely to leave. I mean, Sean Elliott has all but said it himself in, in various interviews that the Spurs were right there. They were going to leave. They were okay. bound for Oklahoma City. I, I don't. I wish I could cite the source, but there is an interview with Elliott saying that yes, that they knew that they were going to Oklahoma City. And um, then, you know, Robinson, you know, emerged and, you know, you got know, the, the backers, you had the, oh, RJ, what was the name of that guy before the whole, it was like a general, like an army guy that was only the Spurs. Remember that guy? Ooh. It, was, it, was uh, it, um, general something like it was like some sort of backer came in to kind of saved the Spurs from moving. And then the Holtz came in and then all well, the rest is history. But, um, you, you, you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, it will happen. It just, I think it'll be towards the end of my time here. I don't think it'll be happening next decade. I think <laughs> you it'll, it'll be happen. in the dirt by the time we get. Yeah, there. I think it'll be in the dirt by the time it happens. I, I just, can't, I can't see it. And oh um, man,
1: well, you know, and and I know I actually got a lot of uh, a lot of flack for that one Spurs, uh, the the one Spurs story about them. You know, possibly. Um, I didn't go as far as saying that they would play games in Austin, but I do think that they are absolutely trying to pull people from, you know, north of San Antonio, either Cibolo shirts, uh, New Braunfels, San Marcos, even Austin as well. Um, because, you know, you, last year they were sending out surveys to season ticket holders asking them about Austin entertainment you know how much do they enjoy things uh, in the austin area so i definitely think that the spurs are poking around now i i don't think that they would ever leave san antonio i mean that that is my gut feeling that they would but i definitely think that they want to pull more of that more of that market and if that means building an arena that's closer to austin and out of the east side, then maybe that might be kind of the sort of compromise, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. Think. Let me let me clarify. Yeah, I'm not saying they will relocate to Austin. I just think because they need to expand their base and get more money, basically, into their pockets and to see a return. That that could happen, where you'll just see the occasional San Antonio Spurs game played in Austin, not necessarily because they're moving to Austin, but I'm just saying, even if that were to happen. That will just once again stoke the fires uh, of oh, yeah. well, leave yeah. again, you know. And I, you know, you saw what happened when the stars were sold, you saw what happened when the rampage was sold. Um, and I think that would happen. I'm not saying I know anything that like that's going to happen, but it would not surprise me of moving forward because of what, like, what RJ is saying, like they're surveying Austin about Austin and yeah, questions about Austin. That you, what better way to draw in fans from Austin than having Spurs games in Austin? I think right now, they there's buses like. Party shuttles that could come in from Austin to San Antonio, watch yeah, to watch the games. So why they
1: they actually do helicopter trips too? Yeah,
2: exactly helicopter trips. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you, I don't know if you ever covered an Austin Spurs game, but you know the Cedar Park residents and the Austin residents, they do go out there. They're not sellouts, but it's pretty packed for a G League team. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, one of the things that really surprised me was the exit of one the the San Antonio Rampage because while they may not have had the biggest draw when it came to, you know, semi-pro NHL teams, hockey teams, they were up there still. They weren't bad. You know, they're kind of right in the middle of the pack, which is respectable, maybe drawing anywhere between maybe 6,000, 7,000 fans a game. Uh, That's still revenue that's being generated from that semi-pro team for both, you know, the sports and entertainment and also for the county uh, because they're splitting the sales from, uh, you know, uh, concessions and whatnot even parking so why they just got up and you know decided to to sell the team to me it just seemed like they just weren't interested in having uh that's that semi-pro sports franchise here they wanted all their efforts uh, to be in and their focus to be in you know regards to the san antonio spurs and and pushing that brand of moving forward because to me at the end of the day it's a business decision if something's not making you the revenue no matter how Uh, you feel about it, no matter what it means to you from a personal standpoint, if you're operating in the red, you got to let it go. And I think that's ultimately at the end of the day, that's what was the driving decision behind letting the rampage go. It just wasn't generating enough revenue to sustain it long-term. So instead of, you know, trying to put more money into that and really make it where, I guess, where they needed it to be from a financial perspective, they went ahead and decided, let's go ahead and put all our efforts into really upping the brand and getting more exposure for the san antonio spurs themselves that way they can make more money as we saw they from the sportico evaluation i believe they were were somewhere in the neighborhood of two point one billion dollars was that correct jeff
2: yeah it was covered around there and here's the thing too would you rather the whole family you know sell off the rampage of the stars or the spurs you know they, they think that's what it comes down to right um I'd rather see that, you know, and I know fans turned out for the rampage. I know fans turned out for the stars, but if they're still a business, remember the NBA players say it too. It's a business and this is what the NBA is. It is a business. There's a reason why it's called NBA E entertainment. Um, it's a business of entertaining people. And if their business entertainment is not making money, then they're going to have to liquidate and they liquidated and they made some money in return with the stars and the yeah. rampage. I'd rather have that than the San Antonio Spurs. But there are times though, and I don't know how you feel about this RJ and Joe, but uh, times where I'm surprised the Spurs, San Antonio still has an NBA team. There's, I'm still like sometimes like, I wonder, I'm, like, I'm shocked it's never relocated or been sold off.
0: Yeah. I just think that they're due at some juncture here, RJ for a new facility, you know, and as you said, they keep poking around, and wanting to get more of that uh, younger and, and fan base over in Austin and San and San Marcos and people that are, are more educated and have money that they want them to come in here and spend that hard-earned money here to generate revenue. They're eventually, I believe, they're going to find some type of segue here where they're going to come to terms, and maybe we'll see a new facility being built somewhere on the outskirts of, of San Antonio. I mean, what do you think in closing here, RJ?
1: Well, I to me that that is the most likely scenario is that they they move out of the east side because again that it was to be this like huge development when it was built. I wasn't here in San Antonio at the time but from my understanding it was supposed to be restaurants and shops and and everything was supposed to be around the at t Center and obviously that has not happened it, the center's been open for about twenty years now so uh, you know if it hasn't happened. By now, who's to say it'll it'll ever happen? So I think the most likely uh, scenario is that they do try and build some sort of facility um, a little bit further north. And, you know, I I kind of like, you know, what Jeff was saying were that, are, are we surprised that the Spurs are still here? At what point I think I would have been. I feel like now, especially after I saw that, that valuation, that $2 billion, I don't know how they would ever get. The full amount of the pie as they do here, you know that that's sort of my thinking is that they get so much of the corporate pie here because they are the only pro major pro franchise that uh, that they seem to do, be doing pretty well. I think in that evaluation, I think they were the top mid market team above Portland, above Milwaukee, who just opened up. Uh, a brand new arena up there for the Bucks. So I think if anything, we're talking about a new arena and because, you know, the AT&T center also does not draw anything else except concerts too. You know, I'm sure that they would like to have maybe host an NCAA tournament round or, you know, something to that effect Um, similar to kind of what the Alamo dome is getting, but the Alamo dome is just at a, at a great location right now when it comes to hotels and, and the convention center. So yeah, I think moving up north a little bit is probably the the most likely scenario.
0: Well, there you go. So we're going to go ahead and bring this episode uh, to a close here. Uh, but before we do, I'm going to go ahead and give all of you an opportunity to go ahead and plug yourselves where the fans can go ahead and follow you guys on social media. We'll start with you, RJ.
1: All right. Uh, Well, yeah, on Twitter, it's uh, at KSATRJ, (laughs) K-S-A-T-R-J, pretty simple. Um, And yeah, just follow, you know, uh, everything that we're doing on social media. Uh, Also get to, you know, do uh, some live stuff uh, for our 9 a.m. show and, you know, a lot of stuff on our website as well. So make sure you uh, just check that stuff out. We also have a Spurs newsletter. Um, where we kind of mix in a lot of like the on the court stuff, but also off the court things as well. So, um, so yeah, if uh, anyone out there wants to check that out, more than willing, be my guest.
0: Yeah, make sure you go and follow and like uh, RJ over there on Twitter. They do, he does great job. He does great work, and KSAT does a great job of delivering the the content that Spurs fans love to see. And the same thing goes with our good friend Jeff Garcia, who has become the Spurs insider here. And San Antonio, who is well known, especially on the airways, where he comes out quite often with our friend Chris Duell which you just came out uh this morning, I believe, talking Spurs news. So, Jeff, where can they follow you on Twitter?
2: Yeah, shout out Chris Doole. I appreciate that. Um, uh, he's always knocking on my door saying, Hey, you want to talk Spurs? I'm like, Okay, I guess. Yeah, sure, not a problem. But uh yeah, um, follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone and uh, also subscribe to locked on Spurs. Uh we had a um well, we have a uh, Lockdown Celtics host, uh, John Corrales, uh, for this episode that's coming up. should be up by now, if not uh, soon, uh, talking about the Spurs and Celtics game tonight. And it'd be interesting to hear what uh, an outsider perspective about your silver and black is. And yeah, that you got to hear what you has to say about LMA. It, it's definitely an interesting thing to hear, if, especially for those of you who want him out of uniform. But other than that, uh, News 4 San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio, the Spurs zone. We got you covered, uh, whether it be you know from Austin Spurs news to what Lonnie Walker had to say about Devin Vassell to what even Kelvin Johns had to say about the veterans. It's all there at the Spurs Zone, and uh, yeah, uh, appreciate everybody who gives me a follow. And I apologize now for all the nerd stuff, but I, I, there's sometimes, man, I just I gotta break away from this constant coverage of Spurs, and it, it helps it helps energize me. It helps me Don't you know, get, get him back. started, RJ, because he won't stop.
1: <laughs> oh no, no, no. I, yeah. Before this podcast, I was like, okay, this is like worlds colliding here. This is like the MCU when it's, <laughs> you know, X-Men and everything. Yeah. This oh, yeah. is yeah, the perfect blend of everything. And no, I, I agree. I'm totally into uh, everything. I, uh, I actually had a full conversation earlier today about WandaVision and I'm like, okay. Oh, I'm yes. about <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely love that stuff, Jeff, and you do a great job, man.
2: Yeah, well, just, yeah, don't just started don't with work Star work Wars, RJ.
0: Right? That, that's <laughs> a whole other animal.
1: <laughs> you say, uh,
2: um, Joe? I, I lost you there.
0: I said, don't get. I just told RJ not to get you even started with Star Wars because that's a whole different animal, right there. Well,
2: it depends. If it's the new trilogy, then the, yeah, don't go there. But if it's in the past and the the, the Disney Plus stuff, then I'm good. I'm, I'm good with that. But if it's anything to do with the new trilogy, don't. Dope. You want to see an
0: angry Jeff start mentioning the new trilogy, and he'll he'll oh, go home. Yeah. He gets angry
2: Skywalker, not not filling no, that. No, 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 I haven't even seen it yet. I refuse to see it. Wow, <laughs> I, not, <laughs> uh, uh, the Last Jedi just wrecked it for me. It just—I remember,
1: kind of yeah. like
2: that. What did I just see? Like that's what I felt like when I left the theater. Yeah. Like, it destroyed know? him. He he physically <laughs> was ill.
1: <laughs> you, can, you can report to work for like two weeks. <laughs> no, I know, right?
2: um uh I, I'm actually, I mean, you know, you know, just a quick aside. I'm actually surprised, like uh Sinclair News Four and all them, you know, haven't asked me like, do you want to do some like nerd stuff? You know, because that's you know, pop culture is kind of a thing now in, in today. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they never have. But the one time, the one time they did, it was to celebrate the anniversary of. Uh, Knight Rider 2000 being filmed in San Antonio back in the day. And they threw it out there. I'm like, you okay? I was like, yeah, whatever, you know? And I think I put more effort in that than anything (laughs) I did with this first thing. (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) awesome. Here's my chance. Yeah, here's my chance. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, again, you know, uh, I know... Spurs fans are like, "All right, Jeff, yeah, we we know you hate the, the new trilogy and we know you love, you know, the big the fight of the century Kong and Godzilla coming up, but um it just I have to break away, man. I just have to break away and that's like my outlet just to like de-stress." Yeah,
0: we get trapped in the rabbit hole sometimes, RJ. We go on some big nerd rants and and discussions there. We'll we'll tag you in there. When we hit, when we get a good one, I actually
2: I actually argue a courtesy and not tag them anymore because I felt like okay, I think this uh, is a, uh, feature, man. I if think I a
0: worthwhile it. one. We'll tag you in it, man. We'll, we'll yeah, tag we'll, you in there.
1: Feel free to tag away. Yes, I always like a a good uh, nerd debate. <laughs> there
0: you go. One division's a good one too. So definitely, I, I'm in love with that series. I like it. I can't yo, wait. Yo, to on the
1: X-Men, right? right,
2: the, the X Men logo and the painting. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah go back. It's go back look at the recent episode there's a painting and it has the x-men logo on it
1: it's Mm -hmm. a red x surrounded by yellow
0: yeah that's a thing Uh,
1: first watch yeah yeah wow very interesting
0: all right so we'll go ahead and bring the show to an end here before we take up any more time because i know i'm hungry and rj's hungry you know i want to go and get something to eat so with that said for rj marquez and for jeff garcia i'm joe garcia thank you all for watching and listening to another episode of the two shots podcast and like we always say spread the love stop the hate be kind we're out peace